32 down, 333 to go, one month down, 11 months to go. My name is Chris. This is at a theater near me. This is the podcast where I go to the movie theaters every single day for an entire year. We are in concessions month. It's February. To explain what concessions month is as it relates to this podcast later on, as well as talk about the weather. We have winter storm Landon, which is hitting a good chunk of the country. And it's going to really, I think, uh, lay a wallop on uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and a good chunk of the Northeast. Uh, looks like Thursday into Friday. Talk about how that's going to affect my plans. And it sounds like it's definitely going to. Uh, also, I saw the movies Flea and Dune. I saw Dune at the uh, IMAX at AMC Boston Common. Uh, and then I also want to talk about the box office report as well. But before we say anything else, uh, I do want to give a huge thank you uh, to an anonymous donor who went and bought out the ad space for the entire month of this podcast. Only wanted me on as friend of the show. So a huge thank you to them, you know, between going to Albany and it sounds like I'm probably going to Connecticut now next week. Support like that makes a huge difference. And it means no ads uh, that you guys have to hear for the next month. So, uh, so win-win all around, but a huge thank you for them. Enormously generous uh, support there. Uh, so I genuinely appreciate it. And I'll, I'll be thanking them as the month goes on, obviously. So let's talk weather. So we have uh, this storm, it's about to hit us. I'm in Southern New Hampshire. The storm is gonna be a mix between snow, sleet and rain. And it looks like the temperature is basically going to drop 10 degrees in a two hour period. You know, it's like Thursday or Friday, late Thursday, Friday morning. And it's really a question of when that happens from when this rain turns into sleet and then obviously into this, into snow. So, you know, I'm almost more concerned about the sleet and the freezing rain than I am with the snow. I mean, uh, here where I am, you know, we had that Christmas storm right before this project started. And we had, you know, we got hit pretty hard with ice. And you know, I know we had like a sand truck here in town even went off the road. So I, I don't know how passable the roads are going to be if we get, you know, say an inch and a half of rain that then turns to ice. Like that's a lot. Or like they're saying like one to two inches of rain, which is an enormous amount. Uh, so for that to freeze over, it could really, I mean, I could, that could cripple the area. I, I can't risk that. Now, this also could be the case where it ends up being entirely rain or obviously entirely snow, but I mean, it's all rain and it's a bus and maybe I left for no reason, but I, I, I don't know if I can risk sticking around and it looks like it's going to hit Massachusetts just as hard as it's going to hit New Hampshire. So I don't really know what my escape plan is going to be besides, I think I'm just going to head towards Southern Connecticut. Um, if it's really bad, maybe even make my way into New York City. I haven't decided on a true option yet. Uh, the next episode will be Friday morning. Um, so obviously I'll definitely have an answer by then because I think if I make a decision to leave, I'll be leaving Thursday night. So I'll tape an episode probably Thursday afternoon and then immediately head out. I'd say I'm 85% certain I'm going to end up having to travel again. So um, obviously the Thursday show, I think we'll have a bit more clarification on kind of you know where I'm going or what the game plan is. Um, but right now I'm looking at Connecticut, uh, for this weekend. So that's kind of where I'm there. Uh, I'm sure it's going to even hit the budget even harder. I could see like February's concessions month. I think March might be like, you know, budget month where I just kind of do everything as cheaply as possible for the entire month. Uh, we'll see what happens. Like I said, this could be a thing where maybe, you know, we get a favorable forecast as, as the next couple of days progress here. But, uh, I've been watching, I have this app on my phone, dark sky. I've been looking at that pretty religiously. I've been watching like the local news for Boston, New Hampshire, and everybody seems to point toward this being a potential mess with no real timetable and no real clarity. Uh, so, I don't know if I can stick around. I, I, the ice concerns me way more than the snow does. They say the snow could be as much as a foot if it's all snow, uh, but then it could also be three inches of snow and then, like I said, two inches of rain frozen over. So 
I don't know. Uh, I, I'm probably going to end up having to go again, which I'm not particularly happy about. Two storms in six days really sucks. Uh, but I mean, I'm also in New Hampshire doing this. So, I mean, that's just, just going to be life until, you know, what, until we're in very late March, early April. Uh, and then we're kind of out of the woods, I think, with the weather until, well, until December and November, I guess. Uh, okay. So I've bumped Belfast twice. And if you're listening, you're probably thinking, why is he saying he saw the movie fully? He's not talking about Belfast. Uh, we are, our wash machine shit the bed last week and we ended up, I had the wash machine guy come, you know, an appliance guy come by and see what's wrong with it. And he's like, nope, got a bad motor. Things dead. Like, Great. So, uh, but while I was waiting for him to come over, uh, the window for me to see Belfast closed, it was only going to be playing in a matinee. So I went and saw the movie flee, uh, at the AMC Methuen instead. Uh, that was on, on Monday. I didn't mind seeing Flea. It was, um, let me see here. It was 25th last week in the box office. I made $70,000. So it's not like it was, a, I know it is, it is moving up and up in screen. So maybe I'm probably seeing it too early, but it's not doing very well per screen. Um, and I don't, I mean, it's a foreign film. It's an animated film. It's a good movie. Uh, I'm going to give it a positive review later on, but it, this isn't a movie that's going to, I can't imagine, have a huge window for, it's not like, you know, Ghostbusters or uh, West Side Story even. It, it, this is not a, a, a big budget movie by any stretch. So uh, I think it has a very small audience appeal window there. So I didn't feel too bad seeing that. But Belfast being bumped twice, I think is somewhat interesting because um, I was going to then see it uh, the day you're hearing this, uh, Wednesday, but I've chosen to see GameStop instead because I was looking at the upcoming schedule for the next week here. Because like I said, usually on Tuesdays, they um, the movie theaters put out what movies they're going to be showing for the next week. And looking at it, Belfast is still playing in like seven theaters. It's playing at a couple of different showcases. It's playing at a couple of different AMCs next week where GameStop, Rise of the Players, and this is a movie about the GameStop uh, investors uh, from last year. Uh, they call it the, you know, the original diamond hands. Uh, I guess I'll learn more about that. As far as I think that means like holding on to your stocks. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll see more about that. But that came out, that had its opening weekend uh, last weekend, and it made $74,000 in 267 screens. That means it made $280 per, per screen on an opening weekend, which is amazingly terrible. Uh, in comparison, uh, in its second week in release, the horrible movie Redeeming Love, that made $901 per screen, which is still pretty bad. Uh, so that only make two, I mean, that's historically bad. $280 per screen is ridiculously horrible. So, you know, that tells us right there that I uh, remember we talked to Jonathan from Cinema Salem. He's like, all right, you pretty much always have a two week lock. You know, if you basically accept a movie in the opening week, it comes out, you have to run it for two weeks. After that, you don't, you're not committed to it any longer. So that tells me that, you know, when it's that low, GameStop is going to be two, two weeks out most likely. So I'm going to decide to see that tomorrow. So the next time you hear this show, I've seen, uh, you know, GameStop and I'm also going to be seeing uh, the movie uh, Jockey as well, I believe. Um, and so uh, that'll be on Friday's show. So two very small movies, I know, but hopefully they'll have an update on the weather. We can talk more about kind of the, the, that element of it as well. Okay, so that was the question really. Should I see Belfast or should I see GameStop? The reason to see Belfast too is the Oscar nominations are coming out very shortly. And I think it's going to get, it, I mean, it's almost certainly a, a number of nominations. So I don't see that dropping out of theaters necessarily super quickly, even though I know it's kind of still straggling along. I think the window to see Belfast will be a lot longer than the window to see GameStop. Maybe I'll put out a poll for that and kind of see what you guys think I, I sh should have seen if I made a mistake or not. But I think I'm making the right call seeing uh, GameStop on, on Wednesday. Okay, so I saw Flea at Amy C. Methuen. Um, 
Uh, ben Ames, he's been doing it obviously a few times, so not a lot of huge updates there. Uh, this is, I think, the latest time I've gone there. It definitely felt super empty. I was I was not alone in the theaters. There were a few people there in there with me. But I guess the bigger news really is seeing Dune the next day at, at the Boston Commons. So I went to Boston Commons. The first time I've driven in there, uh, I ended up parking at the Boston uh, Common Garage, which is a garage, parking garage. I didn't know this. Parking garage is underneath the Boston Common. I ended up paying $28 there, probably way too high. I'm sure, once again, I probably should have used one of the fancy apps people texted me about, but I don't know if I'm gonna keep paying $28 for parking either. So the IMAX at the Boston Common was pretty good. Uh, I, the screen was was not huge. Well, I expected, that's a problem too. The, the, IMAX, the last IMAX I went to was in New York City. It's the biggest theater, I think, in the Northern Hemisphere. So, I mean, that is just wildly huge. It encompasses, you know, the entire wall and even like the top and bottom, like it's almost like, like an omni theater type in, environment at the at the one uh, in the Upper West Side in, in New York. It's incredible, incredible theater. So this isn't that. This is uh, has great sound. Uh, has it obviously a, a very large screen. I really enjoyed the experience. Uh, the nice thing is with the AMC A list, you know, it gives you three free movies a week. That includes IMAX, so I didn't have to pay any extra for the IMAX element. And I think it's the IMAX uh, in in Boston was 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 very good. And the Dune is a great movie to see there. You know, it's so visual with Villeneuve uh, being the director, uh, and you know the big budget they have. Uh, so I I would recommend checking out that. Even if we're in the Boston area, I'm sure you, if you're in Boston, you probably already been to that theater. But uh, even though it's a little older, the seats are a little older. You can tell it hasn't been updated recently. Um, one odd thing was the. God, concessions month, uh, but I went and got a concession. So because it's COVID, no one's at the theater. Um, they shut down the concessions that you would have for the for the IMAX. So they have one concession on that lower level for the IMAX. They have the other concession for uh, the other screens. You know the other whatever seventeen screens that they uh, that they have upstairs. So I had to go upstairs to get my concessions and then go back downstairs. I mean, so oh, that's good. It's not a big deal. But you're going up like two flights, then to go down two flights, and you got to show your ticket again to get in. Kind of pain in the ass, but I mean, I get it. I mean, not going to staff two different concession. It doesn't doesn't make any sense. There's no one there. Uh, so I don't, I don't blame them at all. Um, but uh, yeah, the IMAX there, I, I thought was pretty good. Uh, I would like to hear if people have been, because I definitely want to check out other IMAX theaters, or, you know, especially in the New England area. So if there's other IMAXs you've been to, if you're, if you're a big IMAX person, maybe you let me know like which IMAXs you like better. You know, tweet at me. Uh, it's the at symbol and then a theater near me. So at a theater near me, tweet at me and let me know what, you know, what IMAX you prefer. If you've been to, you know, if you've also been to the New York one, what are your experiences with that? Do you kind of agree with me that that one's substantially better, a life-changing event, or this was just a really good movie going experience. I definitely recommend um, checking that out if you, uh, if you haven't been there. Okay. So let's talk concessions month. This is concessions month. Um, what that means is every episode, I'm going to have a different non-popcorn concessions, you know, basically non-popcorn snack. And we'll have uh, a king in the mountain by the end of this uh, this month here. Um, so I started off strong, went with the Sour Patch Kids. I love Sour Patch Kids. I think they are a perfect movie going candy. Um, you know, you have, you know, the house has a big flavor with the sour. Uh, works really well if someone else has popcorn because they, they, I think they, they're so different. They don't work as well as popcorn and M&M's. I'm not saying it has that sort of combination, but you can have popcorn you know, say for the first half movie, second half movie, you're digging into the, the Sour Patch Kids. That, that's a win. Sour Patch Kids, you can't go wrong with. Sour Patch Kids also, someone tweeted this out, a great office candy. They're just a great to have in your desk. Just, I think mean, because the flavor is pretty strong. They stay really fresh. Uh, I really like Sour Patch Kids. So I, I looked them up a little bit. I guess they were originally called Mars Men. 
Um, that was the original name of Sour Patch Kids. And then 1985, because of Cabbage Patch Kids, they changed the name to Sour Patch Kids. Now, obviously, you also had Garbage Pail Kids, uh, which is a, you know, mocking gar- uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. Uh, kids as well. Those Cabbage Patch dolls, those, those were crazy. Those, those were, I, I was a, a little kid when they came out and they, they were in such high demand, especially for, for girls. Uh, it, was, it was intense. So I love the Garbage Pail Kids. Uh, those are, those are really funny little baseball cards. They were baseball cards that were, if, you, if you're younger, don't know, they were baseball cards that had like gross things like kids were picking their nose or uh, one kid like blew his hand off playing with fireworks. All these crazy cards. I don't know if kids would still like them today or if they'd be appropriate today. Probably not. But I really enjoyed those. And uh, Sour Patch Kids are great. Um, Now, you also have the Sour Patch Watermelon. I'm not going to do that for the sake of concessions month here. But I really like the watermelon too. Those are are really good. I went with the original Sour Patch, typical like the, the little men. Uh, the Mars Men uh, Sour Patch Kids. I guess in France, they're known as very bad kids. But yeah, all in. So Sour Patch Kids right now, obviously the first first one, King of the Mountain, Sour Patch Kids, no question. Uh, and then next uh, episode, I'll, I'll try a different one. We'll see if it, if it knocks Sour Patch Kids off. Uh, so let's get into the box office report right now and talk about kind of what we're looking at. I would say we're starting to, I don't want to say run out of movies, but no major new releases this week definitely made the schedule look pretty bleak. Good news is over the next two weeks, we have five new releases coming out. There's a new Liam Neeson movie. I think it's that Uncharted movies coming out. Uh, the Marry Me, Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson. There's five wide releases coming out over the next uh, week. We just got to survive until Friday. And then a lot of things will open up for us. Uh, but right now, let's look at let's look at our tiers. We always have our, our top three tiers here. Um, tier A is movies that we really shouldn't see. It's the same as last time. Spider-Man No Way Home. Once again, number one, uh, sixth week out of seven weeks has been out, made $11 million. Uh, it's up to $7.35 total. Number two is Scream. Uh, Scream is at a set, made $7 million last weekend. So it dropped 40%, which may sound like a lot, but it really isn't for a horror movie in its third week. So that's actually holding pretty strong. I think a big reason it's holding so strong is nothing new came out. So it really didn't have a lot of competition, really had no competition. Look at January. There were really only two legitimate movies that came out, Scream and the 355. 355 tanked, made $13 million, four weeks in release. But at least it has like, you know, big names, Jessica Chastain or Penelope Cruz, or, you know, it has a legitimate cast. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, like that's a, that's a legitimate movie. Uh, Scream is a legitimate film. The rest of these, anything else that came out, like Redeeming Love or The King's Daughter or a lot of this shit, like Tiger Rising, like these are not legitimate movies. These movies probably shouldn't be released in theaters. Uh, so we have Spider-Man, Scream, and then Sing, Scream made 7 million, by the way, 7.2. Sing 2, which made 4.6 million. That is starting to trail off. So Scream and Sing 2, I'm not going to see them this week. But I think after this week, those might be in play, especially with all these new wide releases coming out because they're going to start filling the gaps. They're going to start taking screens away from Scream and Sing 2. But for one more week, we're definitely not going to see them. Okay, this is the next tier is movies. I kind of the rest of the top 10 here. Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of these. Number four is Redeeming Love, made 1.7 million. Number five is The King's Mad, made 1.6. 355 made 1.3. In seventh place is American Underdog. It's the Kurt Warner movie. It's still doing pretty well. It made 1.1 million. I want to stop there for a second, though. King's Man, by the way, only dropped 7%. That is wild. Uh, that is a very small. Anything under 10% is an incredibly low drop-off. Even more wild is American Underdog dropped 1.4%. Basically stayed neutral. 
uh, in its sixth week in release, which is something you just never see. You never see numbers like this. You never see really in a box office a week go by though, where there's no new releases. This is, we're really are, we really are in like uncharted territory here. If you're, if you're someone that kind of studies the box office charts or, or looks at this kind of thing, this is really rare air here. Uh, number eight is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Remember, I saw that movie on January 1st. It's still eighth place. In fact, it went up 18.7%. It went up 18%. It made $776,000. It, uh, it was in 109 more screens than it was, uh, 109 more theaters than it was the week before, which is insane um, that a movie in its 11th week in release would get bumped up that much. It's just because, once again, Sony had nothing to offer. They they took Morbius off the schedule and they were just filling screens. Uh, in ninth place is Licorice Pizza. In 10th place is West Side Story. 11 is A Nightmare Alley. 12 is House of Gucci. 13 is King's Daughter. So I've seen all those movies. Not good. Okay, so now we're in, I think, the, the area where I can certainly go see movies. Number 14 is The Beatles Get Back. So this was a one-day showing only. It was the day I was driving home from Albany, so I wasn't able to see it. But the good news is they are going to re-release this, um, I believe, in two weeks. I don't know how long that window is going to be. I'll definitely make a, an effort to see it. It's in IMAX, so you have to go to, I think, an IMAX theater to see it. But it made $391,000 in only 67 screens, which means it means over $5,000 a theater. That's really high. Uh, that's really good for any time, especially in COVID. So the fact that it made $400,000 in one day is pretty good uh, and only 67 screens. So uh, that's good. They're going to re-release that. Now we'll count it. It's over an hour long. Um, it is a wide release concert. So even though I don't love seeing concerts for this project, I think I'm so strapped. I have to see whatever I can. In 15th place is Bell. 16 is Matrix Resurrections. Then you have Encanto, Parallel Mothers, The Tiger Rising. In 19th and 20th is Clean. So Clean is a movie I'm going to try to see um, this week. I, I don't know. That's, that's up in the air. Uh, and you run into Belfast, Dune, Drive My Car, and then GameStop, and then Flea. That's the 25. So uh, yeah, there are a lot of those movies I've already seen. So we're definitely kind of in a situation where I'm going to need to see some more obscure movies. So here's what the schedule, I think, for me looks like. I'm going to see GameStop and then Jockey. I'm going to try to see a movie called Sundown. That's a Tim Roth. It is opening um, next week. So it's going to be an opening weekend movie. I just don't know how long that window is going to be. It's going to be a pretty narrow release, I think, for that. So um, I may see that maybe too early, you might say. But I think I just got to try to see whatever movies I can. They're not in wide release right now. And then Kung Fu Panda, I might try to see uh, this week. Uh, I know that is uh, they, it's the movie from Jack Black. I think it came out in 2008. They're re-releasing that for one week only. I'm going to try to sneak that in somehow. I'm going to see a silent film, I believe, on Sunday in Wilton, New Hampshire. Uh, this is a silent film that has an a actual piano player. I went and saw uh, a movie there in Wilton, uh, a silent film, before COVID. And the experience was really interesting. So uh, I'm excited to go back there. And then maybe Rifkin's Festival, that's the Woody Allen movie that's only playing in landmark films, uh, landmark theaters, excuse me. And then maybe uh, try to sneak clean in there. It, th this week's going to be rough. So do the best we can and, and hang on for this week until the new releases come out. I saw the movie Flea. Uh, Flea is an animated documentary directed by Jonas Poe Rasmussen. Uh, it's considered to be a Danish film, a lot of different languages, though. It's, almost, it's entirely subtitled, but very little of it is in English. Uh, it tells the story of a... Uh, a gay immigrant uh, that starts off, he's in Afghanistan as a child, and then uh, with the fall of Russia and Russia pulling out of Afghanistan and Afghanistan toppling, then he ends up in Russia 
Uh, and then with Russia's economy being so poor and they don't have the proper paperwork as well, so they're in hiding and they're doing everything they can to get out of Russia. And it's that journey. It's a powerful story that makes you appreciate being in any free country, whether it be America, Canada, UK, wherever you are, Australia, wherever you are, this really makes you appreciate that. I take that for granted myself. I know I do. I, I never, I never very rarely think about how lucky I am to live in a free country, how lucky I am to be uh, comfortable in my home. You don't, there's maybe things that I don't think about enough or don't appreciate enough. And a movie like this is a really, any art like this is a really harsh reminder of that um, when you see someone else struggling so much. I was really interested in a lot of the the journey that the man is Amin Nawabi uh, that he that he was taking. Like a lot of the film takes like is uh, revolves around him buying a house, and I understand why that is a you know he has some major PTSD from what he went through. I understand why that is a major life change for him. But I was much more captivated in his journey. So every time it kind of went back to the present to tell that story of him you know buying a house, I just wanted to hear more about the. The, the immigrant journey. So that's why I'm giving this a B and not an A. I just didn't find the stuff in present day as interesting, even though maybe it is more enlightening than I'm giving it credit for, because it does, you know, it is important to show the effects of how, what this would do to someone, like even a really bright guy like this, like how this can really fuck you up, like psychologically, the, the stuff that you went through. Um, but I would have loved to have known more. One thing that might've been holding it back was that he's a kid during a lot of this. So maybe he doesn't remember, you know, we're hearing his story, you know, in his voice. Uh, so maybe he doesn't remember all the details. Um, and maybe this is all that he was willing to, to share. Uh, but I was really interested in, you know, these people are being trafficked and, and just these horrible conditions they're in and what they endured is, is really interesting and powerful stuff. I definitely recommend checking this out. I give this a B. It might be tough to find, but, but if you can see Flea, uh, please do. It, it's, it's quite good. And I don't think enough people are going to end up seeing this. Hopefully it gets some Oscar nominations though. So it does appeal to uh, a wider audience there. Uh, the other movie I saw was Dune. Uh, Dune's pretty good. I didn't know what to expect from Dune. I, I had seen the Dune in the, uh, from the 80s, David Lynch in 1984. I didn't really, I, I honestly did, probably didn't give it a fair enough shot. I just wasn't, I remember being bored as a kid. I remember thinking, you know, I, you know, I remember in the 80s, I was probably more accustomed to Star Wars. And this definitely feels like it has some Star Wars in it. I know that Dune, um, the book came out way before that. I think Dune came out in like 1965. So if anything, Star Wars stole from Dune. Self though is uh, is a more interesting story than I ever gave her credit for, and I said I probably didn't give the '84 movie enough enough patience as as a kid. So I walked in here kind of dreading seeing this, and the first hour, the first act of this is a it's a slow go. I mean, it's uh, directed by uh, Dennis Villeneuve, who is all about mood, and he's you know more of a somber director. Uh, and you know, you might I'm sure you've seen uh, you know Arrival, Sicario, Prisoners. I think Arrival is the best of those three. I'm not a huge Sicario fan. I think Prisoners, um, the first act is good. It kind of, I think, loses its way a little bit. I I, I didn't love either of those movies. I, I, I guess sometimes it's just a little too somber for me sometimes with his, with him. Um, and this certainly rolls into that a little bit, especially the first act. It, it's a it's kind of a slog. Uh, but then once he gets going, it is interesting. Timothy Chalamet plays Paul. He's he's the, he's kind of the main the main character. And Chalamet's re a really good actor and he's really good in this. Never does too much. Uh, feels really natural with some of these ridiculous line readings he has. I mean, it's science fiction. It takes place in the year 10,000, some like 107. So, I mean, some of this stuff's a little silly. Dune's about, uh, it's basically about these, this, uh, this one planet that ends up acquiring another planet. 
And uh, they're all going there with the intention on getting more spice. <laughs> spice is this very uh, appealing mineral or something that helps space travel work. I don't know if it's actual like spices like you have in your kitchen. I don't think it's like that. But I mean, it's a pretty good, uh, you know, allegory to, you know, how we maybe go to the Middle East and try to get oil or other countries go to the Middle East and try to, uh, you know, use them for their oil and how other countries are fighting over that same rare commodity that's really important. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of what they're getting at here. Villanueva does, a, I mean, just an amazing job with visuals. And I know I don't love prisoners, but that movie is shot brilliantly. Uh, and so is this. Um, this is, especially on IMAX, this was amazing to watch. And the performances are good. I think they did a great job casting this. They have Oscar Isaac, who's a really personable actor. He's fun. And then um, Jason Momoa is really good in this movie. He's such a breath of fresh air. You know, obviously he's Aquaman. I know he's in, he was, I think he was in Game of Thrones. I don't, wasn't a huge Game of Thrones person, but I know he does some kind of some sillier movies, but in something like this, when it's so downbeat all the time to have someone come in and like just having, just seems to be having fun. And, but also it's like I said, isn't doing too much and totally believable as this really, really tough soldier. Uh, I thought he was, I really enjoyed the scenes. He was, I thought he did a great job. Dave Bautista's in this. Um, he's from Guardians of the Galaxy. He has a smaller part and he wasn't as believable, which makes Momoa's performance to me stand out even more. Uh, but then you have Josh Brolin. So he went and got some actors, I think, that do a really good job. Um, really personable, like Zendaya, like really personable actors and actresses um, that I think makes some of this melancholy mood that Villanueva puts out there makes it a lot more palatable. And like I said, Shalom is really good. And this is a movie that's, that people are saying is going to, are, Dune's going to get an Oscar nomination. Um, it is part one. So I didn't care. I was fine with that. It's already too long. It's two and a half hours. In the last half hour, 45 minutes, that third act is, is plotting. That second act is the highlight of the movie. It definitely kind of loses its steam as it goes on. Um, but I think with such a weak movie year, uh, it sounds like Dune, even though Dune was well-received critically, but it wasn't, you know, wasn't beloved. You know, like Flea, you know, for instance, beloved, but I think it's just too small to get an animation. But this is, uh, people are saying this could this could get one. Um, and I really wouldn't have a problem if it does. I mean, you gotta remember nowadays, you can nominate up to 10 movies. And and this is this is a perfectly good movie. And, you know, I don't mind having some big budget movies in there to, to make it more appealing for people to actually watch the Oscars. Unlike last year when you had all of these small movies in there and no one watched. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend Dune. Uh, I think it's on HBO Max. Um, if you're someone that's like, I don't know, sci-fi, it's a bit much. Yeah, it, 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 it can be. It definitely has some of that. But if you just sit back and, and tr try to put that to the back of your mind, just kind of enjoy the movie for what it is, you might find it more appealing than you think. Let's say Javier Bardem is in this. Small part. And I'm sure they're saving him for that second movie. But man, he he's good. He I mean, he's such a great actor, but but he's really good in this. Like you're kind of left like, I wish we saw more of him in this movie. He has yes, had a very small part in this one, but hopefully you get more of him in the second one. I'll go see the second one. I guess it's coming out, um, not this year, but the year after. I'll, I'll check that out. I think October, 2023, they say. So, um, but dude, part one, not bad at all. I'm going to give that a B as well. Flea is the better movie of the two, but if you know, if you have HBO max and you're looking for something to, to watch, turn up the sound, you know, get the nice TV going, get some sour patch kids, watch the movie. It's good. Okay. I'll be back on Friday. I'll be talking about uh, GameStop, Rise of the Players, and Jockey. So two movies that you probably have never seen, but we'll also be talking about the weather as well and what the impact of all that's going to be, as well as a whole new concession, Concessions Month, Catch the Fever. Uh, and I will talk to you folks on Friday.